Let's read First Chronicles, First Chronicles twenty-eight, verses eight through ten. That's where we're gonna we're gonna drill down. It says this in verse eight. It says, "Now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the audience of our God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land." And leave it for an inheritance for your children after you forever. And now, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now. For the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Let's pray and then uh, dive in here. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you for each student and counselor here. Thank you just for this time together to consider your word, to apply it, uh, to learn it. And um, God, it is just good to be in the house of the Lord together. It's good to be here. And so, God, we do ask that you would lead us in this time, that you would move me aside and my, um, man, my weakness and my, anything that I have to offer, Lord, I just ask that you would, you would just uh, set that aside and speak through me um, and, and let your word enter our hearts and uh, help us to, to write it on, on the walls of our hearts, so to, to keep it and to love it. And to follow it. So Lord, we need your help. We need your wisdom. And um, we need your spirit to teach us this morning. And so God, we love you. And again, we're thankful. And we just ask you to have your way. And we pray it all in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to just jump into these three verses. And then we're going to be done. And it might take 25 minutes. might take 15. It might take... 90 minutes, I don't know. We'll just see how long it takes to get through three verses. But the first verse, okay, we're talking about seeking, loving, and building. In this first verse, um, we're going to focus on that word seek. It says this, again, Now therefore in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of the Lord, and in the audience of our God, so who is this this all set before? It's set before God. He's saying this before God, and who else is he saying it before? All the congregation of Israel. Now, now consider this. He's talking to, David. this is King David, he's talking to the leaders. We see that from verse 1 of the chapter. He's addressing the leaders and he's addressing them in the audience of all of the children of Israel and God. And he says this to them. He says this to leaders. So leaders, I'm talking to you. Keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God. And then what he explains is that there's blessing. And so your first key point uh, is that we must keep and seek for God's Word. We must keep it and we must seek for it. Okay? Keep it and seek for it. What does it mean to keep something? Yeah, not lose it. You don't give it away. You keep it. What's another word for keep? Have, retain, what did you say? Possess. Possess. If I were to keep, um, I don't know, if I were to keep my children, 
If I were to keep them. If I weren't considering just... In the event that I might keep my children, what would that mean I was doing with them? I was taking care of them. Yeah. It's active. It's not just like they're in the room and I'm in the room and I guess I'm not going to kick them out of the room. Right? I'm keeping them in there. I'm taking care of them. I'm, I'm bordering around them. I'm protecting them. I'm making sure that they're not going to get out and that nothing can get them out. Right? I'm keeping them. Okay. <clears throat> what does it mean to seek for? I like, I like that, that, they, that God put the word for, seek for. Instead of just seeking the commandments... Which he could have said, like, seek the commandments of the Lord. He says, seek for them. Makes it so much more specific, so much more direct. Like, if you're going to seek for something, if I lose my keys, I have to seek for them. What does that look like? You're looking in places where the keys will be. Yeah, if it's me, I'm just walking around the house and I'm like, Kylie, where's my keys? It's my wallet. I never know my wallet. Well, my wallet is tan, so it's like... (laughs) This is impossible to find. My floors are wooden. It's tiny. And it's like the color of me almost. It's impossible to find. I've got nice olive colored skin. Quit it. I'm beautiful. You know what? Guys, I don't need this this morning, okay? So if I lose something... I'm going to wander around and I'm seeking this thing if I'm just like, Kylie, can you find my wallet or my keys? But then Kylie, because she's a good help me, she seeks for this thing. And that looks a lot different than just wandering around aimlessly. Where's my wallet? She's actually picking things up. And she's moving things aside. And she's taking things out. And she's throwing things away. And she's searching in the pockets. And in these hard to get to places. Right? She's seeking for them. It's specific. She's got a goal in mind. Right? It's, it's accurate. Okay. We're to keep the commandments. And to seek for them. I got a couple of verses up here. Uh, from Psalm 119. So who wrote Psalm 119? We, we say, we think, I mean, I think it's, you can make a very strong case that it's David, right? Uh, and so we're talking about King David from First Chronicles. And you got here in Psalm 119, this is David writing about um, the Word of God. And so let's look at a couple of these verses. In verse 2, if you flip to Psalm 119, I'm not going to have them pulled up, so you've got to open your Bible there. Psalm 119, if you're like, where's that? Just open to the middle of your Bible. And you'll be in Psalm 119 somewhere. Psalm 119. Verse 2 says this. Blessed are they that, what? That keep His testimonies. And that seek Him with the whole heart. Okay, so there's blessing when we keep His testimonies, when we keep His Word, and when we seek for these words with our whole heart. There's blessing there, right? In verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. I'm not going to let it go. Whatever, whatever the word said this morning in high school class, whatever, whatever word Jeff was giving us, I'm not going to forget that. 
Whatever Sam says in the next service, I'm not going to forget that. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to seek after it throughout the week. I'm going to search for it. I'm going to look at it in my notes. I'm going to remind myself of what God told me. In verse 20, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. That's kind of challenging. David says, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. How many of you, how many of you feel like you're just miserable, miserable because you want to read your Bible so bad? You just so badly want to, to get into the Word. How many of you have been in that place? I know that I've been there, but I'm not always there. I know I've been there, but I'm not always there. Where you where you're hurting. Or you're longing to just, man, I need that time with God and His Word. Verse 36 says, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. So uh, the, the prayer here is that God would draw our heart, incline it, move it toward the testimonies. And in verse 162, you have to skip a couple pages. We're still in the same chapter. Verse 162 says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. So I search through my house, looking for my wallet or my keys, and when I find it, I'm relieved. Well, when Kylie finds it, I'm relieved, right? And I celebrate. Yes, I can go to work, and I'm only, I'm only 10 minutes late today. Yes, right? Or I can actually get gas on my way to work because I got my wallet. I'm excited, or kind of. But when we, when we find... God's Word. I rejoice at Thy Word. When we, when we seek it and we found it, is it as one that they just found like a treasure chest? Is that, how we, is that how we approach and celebrate and rejoice over God's Word? I don't know. I don't think so. At least I know in my life I'm challenged by this. How much do I how much do I just long to have God's word? Last verse here we'll look at for this first point is verse 167 that says, My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. I've kept it, I've done it. I want to be in the place where I, I can say I've kept them. I've kept God's word. Right? And it's because I love his words. So, I'll tell you this. Our time, all of our time in the Word is under attack. It's a battle every day. How many of you know that? How many of you know that every single day when you wake up, you woke up in the middle of a battlefield? And that battlefield is, is being fought. There's two, there's two things fighting for one thing. And it's for your affection and for your devotion. The two things that are fighting for it are your spirit. God's spirit in you is saying, hey, let's follow God today. Let's get in His Word. Let's keep Him and seek Him. And then there's another thing that shows up to the battle. And that's your flesh that says, nah. Nah, we don't need to get in the Bible yet. We're good. The flesh, the world... And I know that I have, I usually have a, a, at least a couple notifications on my phone that are just like tempting me. Right when I wake up, it's like, hey, you want to check me first. Like an email. Hey, you should probably read me before you read your Bible. 
right? And maybe for you it's not email because you're not like weird and old and like lame. <laughs> maybe it's your Snapchat or your Instagram or whatever it is. It's vying for your time. It's vying for your eyes, right? It's vying for your your for you to seek it. It's a battle. But I'll tell you this. You don't win battles you don't engage in. Right? So you're going to wake up tomorrow. We're all going to wake up tomorrow, Lord willing. And the battle's on. And if you say, whatever. I don't care that I'm in a battle. That doesn't really apply to me. It's not relevant. You're just talking church talk. Well, if you don't engage in this battle, you're going to lose. Which means you're not going to get in the Bible. Which means you're not going to keep God's Word. You're not going to seek after Him. He's not going to be found of you. And if you don't find God tomorrow, if you don't find time with God, you're going to feel kind of lonely probably. Right? I mean, at least spiritually. So, it's a battle. Let's engage in it. Next verse, 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. We're going to see this... um, this love portion of of our message here. So it says this, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. So we... we we must know, love, and serve God with a pure heart. That's kind of our takeaway, our key point from that verse. We got to know, love, and serve God with a pure heart, with your whole heart. How many of you know that that is far easier said than done? All right, there's five of us who are honest. Praise the Lord. Right? I'll tell you this. A fake relationship with a parent, for instance, is unappealing to both the child and the parent. Right? Like, if you have a parent who's not really interested in, like, the conversation they're having with you. Or maybe you're not interested in the conversation you're having with your parent. Right? How many of you know that conversation is not a good time? You know that that's lame. You know that if they don't genuine, if you don't sense that they genuinely care about what you're saying, you're uninterested. It's like I don't. Why, why? If you don't have time for me, I don't have time for you, right? If Josie, and when I come home, she's like, "Daddy, do you want to play with me?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I, I got maybe I got down on her level, and I got my phone out, and I was like, "I'm gonna check my email because I'm so popular." <laughs> and I got down on the ground, and she's playing her thing, and I'm just here. Is that, is that cool? Are me and Josie cool? I mean, we're cool, but is she enjoying her time, her quality time with her dad? No, of course not. Am I enjoying my quality time with my daughter? I mean, yeah. I'm enjoying something, but it's not quality time with my daughter, right? Okay, there's an absence of genuine, wholehearted, love in that moment it's not that i don't love my daughter or my daughter doesn't love me but i'm not showing that right i'm not giving my heart to her in those moments we don't give our hearts to our parents when when they're telling us about something and we just kind of brush it off distance ourselves our hearts should be full of genuine love and desire for god 
Right? That's what we're talking about. Your heart, my heart, should be full of genuine, authentic, passionate love for God. Not showy, proud, gross spiritualism. I'm at church. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm a good kid. I didn't murder someone this week. I only talked trash on 14 people, looked at pornography for two hours, and I cheated on three tests at school. But I'm a good kid because I didn't do anything terrible. And then you show up and we, and we pretend like everything's all good. We've got our nice clothes on. We've got our shoes. They're clean. We did our hair maybe and we're feeling good. We're doing all right. At least that's what people see. And there's no love for God. There's no love for God. That's empty, man. You're empty. If that's you, you're empty and you know it. And you don't want to be empty. And the answer is, love God. Guys, stop talking. The answer is love God. Right? Well, that's a lot easier said than done. How many of you know how to love God? How many of you, when you feel empty, you feel like there's not genuine love in your heart? How many of you know what to do? Sean, Kylie, Joel, Tegan, Julia, Elijah, Jesse. All right. Okay, a few are coming up. Okay, so if you don't know what to do, here's what you do. All right, one of you that had your hand up, what do you do? Sean, what do you do? We die to self. Okay, I kill myself. (laughs) So I feel empty inside, and I'm like, man, God, I just don't feel like we have a love relationship. I'm out. Not actually die to self. When I say die to self, that means sacrifice other things like your time. Okay. Start sacrificing your time for God's time. Sacrificing my time. Okay, what do I do with that time? Do I just say, all right, God, you can have three hours today and I'll take the other three hours after I get home from school and then we'll be cool. No. What do you do with those hours that you give to God? You read the Bible and you see what, and you see what, he, and you see what he wants you to do. Okay, so I read the Bible and I see what he wants me to do. So I get home from school. It was a terrible day because I don't feel like I have a good relationship with God. I don't love him. So I open up to Psalm 119. And I, I actually I opened up to Psalm 120 because that's what I looked at first. And it says, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Okay, it's not telling me to do anything. I'm... I'm out. It didn't tell me to do anything, so that was useless. God, why don't we love each other? What is wrong with me? What do I do? I have to read to understand. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord. Ah! And he heard me. You hear that, God? All right. You pray to him. When he says, Okay. Pray to him. You talk to him. So I pray and talk to God. Yes. Okay. I like that. What do I talk about? Well, God, I just got home from school, and it was terrible, but, you know, it was cool. So I think I'm going to go and play outside now. Good talk. All right, see ya. That's not how you do it. Okay. All right. How do I do it? 
If you feel like you don't love God right now, what do you do about it? Or are we just hoes? There was like seven of you raised your hand. Help me. What? What? What is wrong with you guys? What? Like if you get sprayed. Guys, get your minds out of the gutters. Jeez. Whoa, man. You guys all need to love God more. What in the world? You're hosed. Have you never been hosed? Yes, with the hose. Gosh. Gross. Okay, so if I don't feel like I love God, like with a very, a very authentic, genuine, pure heart of love for God, what do I do? No, you don't go find hoes. What do you do? That won't get the job done. Elijah, what do I do? Spend time with him. I spend time with him. How do I do that? How you know a child loves, how you know your dad loves you is when he spends time with him. Okay, so... So you know your dad loves you when he spends time with you? Yes. And like engaged time? Yes. Okay. What does that look like? What does engaged time with your father in heaven look like? It looks like reading my Bible and spending about Okay, so spending, <laughs> spending time yeah. reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. So, I have to spend a certain amount of time, and once I've spent that time, I had quality time with God. I have to go deep into the Bible. All right. Put your face in it. It's in there. Put your face in it. You don't mean put my face in it. All right, Jesse, help me. Um, I would say, like, spending time with God would mean in prayer, talking with Him. Talking with Him? Love someone if you don't, like, spend time with Him. But that also means, like, not only reading the Bible, but studying out, seeing what it actually has to say about you. And like what you're doing in your life, because you can just read Psalms 120. That's fine. But if you're not actually studying it out, you're just reading a book you don't want to read. Yeah. Like find something, investigate, figure out what it means. Okay, so studying, studying the Bible rather than just reading two verses. Christina. Okay. So, yeah, so asking, but I like what you said, asking questions. God, what's wrong with our relationship? What's wrong? Asking a question is a lot more vulnerable of a heart position than just, and, and all the things that you guys said were, were good. Like, dig deeper, read your Bible, give it time, study. But if I'm asking a question or I'm presenting the actual problem to God and I'm having a conversation, how many of you know that when you're not right with somebody, it sucks to talk with him? Why does it suck to talk with him? Like if Kylie and I have a disagreement, maybe we, we were arguing about something, right? 
It's uncomfortable for us to, to come together and talk to each other. Why? What's preventing us from doing that? The argument, the problem. But we want to get it solved, so we got to come together. But why is it hard to just come together and get it figured out? What's in the way? Pride, the tension. There's pride. What is that pride? What does that mean? It means I don't want to make myself uncomfortable or vulnerable before her. I want to be protected and strong and right. I want to be right. And so I don't want to go and admit to her that maybe I'm wrong because that hurts my pride. Okay, so if I don't feel like I have a genuine love for God, I go to God in prayer, in my time in the Word, but I'm humbling my heart before Him. And I say, God, there's something wrong, and it might be me. Which, if there's something wrong between you and God, whose fault is it? God, it might be me. I I don't know. It might have been something you did, but it might be me too. And I just wanted to see what was wrong with our relationship. Well, of course, there's something that we've done that severed the relationship. And so it requires humility to go before Him if you're not close close with God, and say, God, what is it? What is the issue? What needs to change in my heart, in my life, in order for us to be close? And then, Kerishon, Jesse, Elijah, then I say, okay, God, I, I asked you the question. I've humbled myself before you. And now I'm going to let you answer. Now I'm going to let you answer. So I'm looking in the Bible. I'm reading and maybe I read the whole psalm. I give it some time. I read all of Psalm 120. I'm, I'm looking for what's wrong with, with the relationship. I read the whole thing. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and He heard me. Deliver my soul, Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Woe is me that I sojourn in Mesic, that I dwell in the tents of Keter. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. God, I didn't see it. God, I didn't see it. I didn't see what maybe I was doing wrong. I saw some stuff I liked that you heard me and I'm crying. And I feel like I'm in a place where I'm crying out to you. But I don't see what you want me to change. So I'll be back, God. I'll be back after lunch. Go eat lunch. Come back. All right. Psalm 121, it matters to me to be right with God, so I've got to come back. I've got to seek Him. The Bible says He'll be found of me, so I've got to come back. I'm going to humble myself again. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. You see what I'm doing? You continue in the Word. You don't see it in one instance. Well, that's fine. Maybe you've got to come back. Maybe you've got to continue to seek God for the answer. Maybe you have to continually come to Him until He works out in your heart, your life, what is the issue. Maybe it takes some time. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Usually it's something's out of balance in your life. And so you have to sit down and look at those issues that are happening in your life and find out what's God's priority and what's your priority. And, and, or if you don't know what God's priorities are, you go to the Bible and you figure those out. Right. Exactly. So there's something off. Lord, you got to show me what it is. And then we'll get it fixed.
right? So that point is, we must know, love, and serve God with a pure heart. If you don't have that, we need it. So Psalm 119, I'm going to breeze through a couple of these verses. Uh, Verse 2, it says, Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. The whole heart. Verse 10, With my whole heart have I sought Thee. Let me not wander from Thy commandments. Verse 58, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. I wanted your favor. I wanted you to look down and, 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 and smile at me. I wanted to smile. I want to smile from you so bad. I want it with my whole heart. Right? My whole heart. Verse 80, Let my heart be sound and thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. So verse 10, we'll keep moving here. First Chronicles 28.10 says, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. So David is telling uh, Solomon, he's saying, the Lord chose you to build this temple, to build a house for a sanctuary. He chose you. So you're going to lead this whole thing. And he's saying, you're going to have to be strong and uh, and you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to be about it. You're going to have to get to work. Now, what, if you remember from a few weeks ago, what was the temple? Um, what is the temple in the New Testament? Hmm? Cards? Alright, a couple seniors. Know what, what is the temple in the New Testament? The body. My body? Not my body. The church. The church? Okay, Brendan knows it. What else? What is the temple in the New Testament? Did you just whisper at me, Kyle Jones? Yes, you can, Kyle. Quit it. What is the temple in the New Testament? Elijah? Midtown Baptist Temple. Okay. The body of Christ. Okay. Our body. Our body. Okay, so there's there's three things. What are they? Our body. Midtown Baptist Temple. Midtown Baptist Temple, the local church, the church, us right here, right, and then, and then the church, right? What does that mean? That means all of the churches combined. If you're a believer and you go to Midtown Baptist Temple, or you're a believer and you go to Uptown Baptist Temple, and you're a part of the church, right? That is the temple. Okay, so if Solomon is charged to build the physical temple that was in Jerusalem, what are we charged to build? What temple are we charged to build? Yes. I guess so. All right. The spiritual temple, which one? Specifically, you and I... Listen, you and I are, are charged to build up this this temple right here, this group. If you look around, there are people in here that you don't know. There are people in here that you know well, that you like well. There are people in here that you don't like. You're charged from Scripture to build one another up. To build. And here's here's how you do it. David said to Solomon, he said, Be strong. And do it. Be strong and do it. 
He didn't say, you're going to really like this. It's going to be a lot of fun all the time. It'll be very entertaining. You can, you can do it now if you want. What did he say? He said, be strong and do it. So we're being charged this morning to grow up a little bit, to be strong and build one another up. So a couple of verses that support that, uh, this key point that is we must build the church up in strength is so, um, before we get to these verses, so Will and I started a half marathon yesterday and we finished a half marathon together yesterday. And um, what had happened was I was running, 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 running. We got to the finish line and, and Will comes out of nowhere. And the finish line to this half marathon is all downhill. And I, at this point, physically feel like I'm done. I, I'm, I'm just going to basically roll down this hill. Okay? I'm going to let my legs just come to fall as gracefully as I can down the hill because there's nothing in there. What well, Will rolls up and he's like, come on, Jeff, let's go, let's finish. And I'm like, oh, crap. No, Will, come on. Where'd you come from? He's like, come on, let's go. We got to finish. And the whole race, okay, so like literally for about 10 miles, I had been chasing after a specific guy. There was a guy I was chasing after for 10 miles. And I couldn't catch up. There were times where I thought I was closing in on him and then it would, we'd get separation. And I was, at that point in the race, to, toward the end, I, was, I knew I wasn't going to catch him. But then Will rolls up and he's like, let's go catch this guy. I'm like, oh no, okay. And so Will is like running fast. I'm like, dang it, I got to run fast. So I run fast and we catch this first guy. And he's like, come on, finish this guy, catch that guy. And I'm like, why is he doing this? And so we catch the next guy and then there's, there's another guy. And I'm like, this is, I'm, I'm, I was thinking, I might just tell Will like, this is all I got, man. I'm, I think I'm done. I'm good. Just leave me alone. Okay. Run off and uh, you do your thing. But he's like, one more. And I dug in and I did it. We together went and caught this guy that I had been running the entire race, trying to catch him with every ounce of strength and and energy that I had, trying to catch him, couldn't do it until Will comes alongside me and runs the race with me. Do you see the very obvious analogy? It's very, very obvious. It's the same thing in our faith. I'm desperate that that my foreign exchange friend would hear the gospel and come to Bible study. That's impossible. Unless you have a Bible study where where fellows are coming around with you and you guys can together support that ministry to him. I'm desperate that that God moves in my life in whatever manner. Well, it's impossible unless you have the church to come in and strengthen you and support you in that endeavor. Does that make sense? Literally, if, if I brought students from Grandview High School to this church, if I bring them here, it's impossible for me to minister to them effectively. I can't do it. Because I'm up here in front of you. And then when I'm done being up here in front of you, there's going to be about 45 other conversations that I have, which are all needful conversations. And then those students, if they come along with me, are going to get left in the dust and kind of caught up in the mix. And they're probably not going to come approach you and ask to be your friend. They're probably going to wander off and find food and find comfort and find safety in this really awkward place. But if you, like you've done, would approach them, well, now is that we're working together to see the church built. You see that? Does that make sense? So let's look at a couple of verses here. 
Psalm 119, 1 through 4, these first four verses. I want you to, we've, we've looked at a couple of these verses already, but I want you to look at the plurality. What? The plurality of these verses. In verse 1 it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Now, English lesson. You ready? You ready? You ready? If it said, Blessed is the undefiled in the way, how many people would be undefiled? Blessed is the undefiled in the way. It'd be one. But it doesn't say that. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Why? Because there's more than one. So this is an option for multiple people. The people who will be uh, undefiled in the way and will walk in the law of the Lord, they're going to be blessed. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. The offer is to all of us. Right? To seek, to love, to build, it's to all of us. Because as you continue into verse 5 and and basically through the rest of the chapter, it's all individual. Does that make sense? You see that? We are together called to do these things. And if you look in verse 74, it says, They that fear thee will be glad when they see me. Why would people be glad to see you? Why would believers, people who fear God, why would they be glad to see someone? According to that verse. Because that guy has hoped in the word. So let me ask you this. Are people when they come to church, are they excited to see you? Are they excited to see you? Some of you don't really know. You're like, I don't really know. I don't think so. Maybe some. Maybe my friends are. Okay. According to this verse, what is the way that people can can be glad to see you? What is the way that people can be glad to see you? Elijah? What version you got over there, brother? No. Let me ask you this. Why are people glad to see Sam on Sundays? Is it because you hang out with Sam all the time? And you're just really best buds with him? No. Well, Seth, yours may be a little different. Why are people excited to see Sam? Yeah. Right. You're excited. You're glad to see Sam. If you fear the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord, you don't care about Sam. Well, okay, you're miserable. But if you fear the Lord, okay, then you will be glad to see Sam on a Sunday morning because you know he's hoping in God's Word and he's going to give that hope to you. He's going to give instruction to you and you can hope in it too. And you're glad about that. So if you're not glad to see Sam, if you're not glad to see a preacher on Sunday morning, 
can I submit to you that maybe you don't fear the Lord? I don't know. Maybe. Verse 79, Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. In other words, people who fear the Lord, people who want to follow the Lord, they want to be together. Let them turn uh, unto me. Let's get together. Let's be together and fear the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I sent this to Elijah yesterday. Elijah asked me um, this, this one right there. Everybody look at him. Elijah hurt his finger. Which finger is it, Elijah? This pinky right here. Let's hold up, okay? He messaged me about this pinky. It was hurt. Okay, does that hurt? Oh, yes. Okay, that hurts. All right. It was authentic. So he messaged me, hey, my finger hurts. Should I play in the praise band tomorrow? What did I tell you? I said, what would Jesus do? I went 1996 on him, right? What would Jesus do, bro? And he said he would play. Okay, but what is the point? Why is it important for Elijah to play in the praise band on Sunday? Why is it important for any of these guys to play on the praise band? Why is it important for anyone to bring snacks and coffee in here? Why is that important? Okay, because it is your honor like that you're giving to God. You are serving God. Okay, but, but like, why is that important to this group? Why is it important that they do these different things? Why is it important that we had this list of things that you guys do on Sunday mornings, etc.? This one. Why is this important? Why do we have a food and friends team, praise team, AV team, cleanup team, announcements team, evangelism team? What's it do? So you can serve the body, so you can build up the body, right? How many of you know that this would be super awkward, our time together would be super awkward if we didn't have a praise band at first? How many of you know that the praise band... Even when it's rough, even on the roughest weeks, and you judge them because you're proud and arrogant and you don't want to help out, right? And you're judging them, they're, oh, they suck, oh, this is so boring, they're not like the main praise team. Well, yeah, how many hours did you sacrifice during the week to come and serve the body? Okay, so just chill out with yourself. But how many of you know that when they come up here, that's edifying? It's edifying to be able to just praise the Lord before we get going with the day. We get to praise together. I mean, no, that's edifying. Or you know it's edifying when it's clean in here. And you don't have like random things all over the floor and dirt in your chair and everything's grubby and grimy. We appreciate these things, right? It builds us up. It helps us have a good time together in the Word. Okay, so, man, Elijah's like, should I, should I play tomorrow? I said, yeah, you should. Why? Because that's going to build up the body. And so 2 Timothy 2.1 is what I sent him. And it says, Thou therefore, my son, what do you got to do? Be strong. Be strong. And the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Is it easy to show up every week and serve the body? If you don't ever serve the body, you're like, yeah, probably, probably is easy. But those of you who serve every week shook your heads no. Right? No, it's not. It requires sacrifice and time and effort. First Corinthians twelve seven talks about we're one body 
made to profit one another, right? And that requires sacrifice. It requires effort. Here's what I want us to do. We've, we've got about 25 minutes till we've got to be out of here, which means we've got about 20 minutes to do this. We're going to look in, um, we're going to look into some things here, uh, in small groups. And so I'm going to divide you up in here in just a second. Uh, and the questions are here. So first of all, as a group, I'd like you to ask yourselves, what does it look like to seek for God's word? Practically, internally, in your life, in your home, what does it look like? And then why is it such a struggle for us all? And then, do you have a genuine love for God's Word? You can be honest. And why does our love for God's Word wane or not exist? And then the last question, as you see, is I want you guys to assess how you have done building up the church body. So if you put your name on here, I want you to, to give a self-assessment. Okay? I, my assessment of how we've done, whatever, doesn't matter. I want you to tell me what you think. How do you think we've done? How do you think you've done fulfilling this commitment? Right? How do you think you've done? And then, why do we struggle as a group to serve one another and love one another? Because I tell you this, guys. Man, if, you go, if you've been down to Kaya, have you ever been to Kaya? Have you been to, like, Life Fellowship? Have you been to the other s- small group Sunday school classes? They love one another in there. They take care of each other. They pray together. They pray for one another. They're doing it. They care about each other. And I think we do at some level, but we struggle with that. Why? Why do we struggle with that? And you guys can talk about it. So here's how we'll divide up our groups. Uh, If you're a senior, boy or girl, 